Hi, my name is Tara Kachaturoff, and I'm the host of Michigan Entrepreneur, where we feature businesses from startup to stellar. Today I have as my special guest, Paula Swain, financial planner for the Financial Center for Women. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Tara, for having me. We're really excited to have you on today because you're going to talk about a really important topic, which is women and their financial future. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to creating the Financial Center for Women? So I started in, uh, as a financial planner about 23 years ago, and it was just I, my business was called Swing Financial, and you know I worked with pretty much everybody. My specialty is retirement income planning, and then I went through a divorce in 2020, and I kind of had that dream about owning the financial center for women and focusing on women's issues because they're really different than men's issues when it comes to savings and retirement planning. So I decided that going through this divorce and COVID it happened all at the same time that I got to sit down and really think about what it was, where I wanted to focus and how I wanted to take my practice further. And so I, from there was born the Financial Center for Women. So we do work with men and couples, but largely our focus is on working with women and helping them get prepared for retirement. Did you ever see yourself working in the financial sector? I don't know if your background in college was, was in finance, oh. um, but did you ever foresee this? No, honestly, I didn't. Um, I'm actually a graphic design major in college. I went to Center for Creative Studies for a few years, graduated from Eastern with graphic design. So I remember Darren Stevens from Bewitch, you know, oh, how he yeah. was a, yeah. a, an art director. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted to be, was mm -hmm. a creative art director. and. Um, started in ad sales and then just through people that I met along the way, uh, I ended up becoming a financial planner. And I love it. I mean, I love helping people. The biggest joy that I get is like Tuesday, one of my clients retired. So oh, wow. I got to call her and say, congratulations, you know, I'm so happy for, you know, she retired on Tuesday and, and Wednesday she's off to Myrtle Beach for two weeks. Oh, you wow. Know? So how much fun is that to work with people that are you know, achieving their goals. And to retire and feel good about it and yes. not worried about it. <laughs> but that's really a, a good example is that, you know, her and her husband came to me probably about 10 years ago when he was able to take the Ford buyout that mm -hmm. was available. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with them and we built a plan and I'm like, you know, this is not a good idea. You know, you think you're maybe going to be able to find a job that's equivalent to what you're making now, but you're probably not likely to. And you don't have enough money. And he's like, really, I just want to leave. And I'm like, no, it's not a good idea. So now they are so grateful that I sat with them. We looked at the numbers. We talked about the advantages and disadvantages of retiring when he wanted to take that buyout. They continued to work, and now their life is so much different. Their retirement is going to, they're really not going to hurt. So with that, so you could have taken a buyout or you could stay longer, or did you have to? He ended up staying longer, yeah. He didn't take the buyout. Wow. But had they not sat down with someone like myself to run those numbers to see if it makes any sense to do that, um, they would have retired and I think they would have been hurting to today. He would have had to try to replace his job. Because he wasn't near retirement age, right? No, he wasn't yeah. near retirement age yeah. and yeah. they didn't have enough money. They wow. do today. Yeah, oh, wow. That's. And so what are the, some of the types of services that you offer as a financial planner? Because I know people do different types of things. What are the different like uh, buckets of services that you offer? So usually when you, when you think about working with a financial planner, you're mm -hmm. looking to put together some sort of a plan. 
And I think everybody should meet with a financial planner. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. how old you are, mm -hmm. even if you're 20 and just starting out. That's even the best time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, starting early is the best thing that you can do. Best advice I can give anybody yeah, really. is start today. Yes. Um, but it's never too late yeah. either. Yeah. Um, but sitting down with us and saying, okay, I know I'm only 20 years old or 25 mm -hmm. years old, but you know, I want to retire when I'm 55, 60. Mm -hmm. How do I get there? You know, I want to buy a house. I want to put mm -hmm. my kids through college. You know, I want my family protected if something were to happen right. to me, right. if I die early. Those are the kinds of things that we look at. So it doesn't matter age, it doesn't matter gender, everybody should do it. Most people don't. I think I read a statistic the other day that, like, what was it, something like, 40% of the people have never sat down with someone like myself to even look at where their finances are. Do you know 64% of people live paycheck to paycheck? 64%? Yes. That's a sad number. How do you expect Maybe to get ahead when you live paycheck to paycheck? Because of the way the economy is. Um, so, uh, so I know you said you work with people of all different ages and genders and, and things like that, and you're basically helping them get that financial plan in order. So along the way, you know, people want to buy a house and they want to do this and that. Do you have other people that you connect them with, or you can possibly refer people to, like if they need a, yeah. a trust or an estate or something like yeah. that? Do you have a? Yeah, I have several resources okay. of people that I've vented and work with. Okay. Um, and so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the mistakes women make. And I'm not saying women only make them. Uh, I just want to make sure that's clear. But we're talking in the context of women. Let's just talk in context of that because sometimes they're dealing with a little different issues mm -hmm. than men maybe because they might be have the have the kids maybe they're a, a single mom um, at this point or you know they lost a spouse or something um, and they were stay at home for that period of time so what are some uh, common mistakes let's just take one and let's unpack it and what's like one of the biggest mistakes that you see um, women making when it comes from to planning their retirement well I think the biggest mistake is that they don't start early enough that we you know tend to put if you have children you put your children first and mm -hmm. making sure that they are taken care of where you need to really be taking care of yourself first mm -hmm. and then your other responsibilities because if you think about it if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're not earning an income how can you be putting money away then you're dependent on your 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 spouse to put the money away mm -hmm. you may not educate yourself about what that even looks like so I, I tend to see a lot more women getting more educated today, but if you think about like maybe your parents or even your grandparents, how mostly the, the woman um, took care of the household with the, the, the groceries and the cleaning and stuff, but she never really got involved in the finances. And I think that's a huge mistake for women is you need to get involved in understanding the finances if you work or if you don't work. Yeah, um, so what about um, like, you know, kind of taking a step back, what have you seen in terms of educating women? Like, what are, are there things going on in high schools today? I don't really know because I don't have kids, no, but, are, but I mean, are there things like more financial literacy? And I know there's all these apps out there, but are people really using them? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what people do nowadays with their finances. Well, they are. I think um, the governor has, has um, implemented some programs that are going to start in, I think it's high school or middle school for oh. more financial literacy, so that's coming. Oh, okay, but cool, that's good. There's tons of books out there, and we have podcasts. Um, you but know, do women, do, are women using these resources? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
you can take classes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of classes out there at, at some of the community colleges. I've taken classes, yeah. but I mean, my background's finance, so, you know, but I mean, I still, I've taken, you know, classes learning about insurance, learning about this, learning about that, soon, learning about social security, you know. One of, the, <laughs> one of the easiest ones is just to come and sit and talk to someone like myself. You know, that's part of the, part of the job that I enjoy is the education part. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if somebody's really hungry to learn, I mean, there's plenty of resources out there. Yeah, and it's really important. I mean, I wonder how many, you know, people that come to you start thinking about, you know, I need to start teaching my kids about this. Oh, like, that would be great. You know what I mean? Because they're learning from you. Maybe they should bring their kid to the, <laughs> the meeting, too. Because I'm not kidding. Kids need to know this. It's really important. They need to know to save their, their pennies and to invest and to do these kinds of things. And they only learn if their parents are doing it. Correct. They I think you model. need to bring kids into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So single or in a, in a couple situation, if you're going to sit down and look at your finances weekly, which I suggest mm -hmm. that you do, you should live on a budget. So as soon as your kids are old enough to understand what that looks like, have them sit with you and, and have them break down, you know, this is what mom spends here, or, you know, this is how much we have for groceries this week. Get them involved. That's the way they're going to learn is by getting involved. One thing that we as parents do, and our parents did it, is our kids will learn from us. Either they're going to have a positive mindset about money or they're going to have a negative mindset about money. Or they'll money. have none because they won't know anything about it. <laughs> True. Well, we, you'd, you'd be surprised, though, that we may not realize we're doing it as a parent, but we're putting our thoughts. Our kids are watching us, so that's how they're learning. So you think about it. If you grew up in an environment where, you know, the your parents would say, the rich get richer, you know, I, I can't make ends meet, you know, you know, I'm always broke. That's what your kid hears over and over again. So when they start their own life, that's the mentality that they have, and they have to change that. So one of the best things you can do is involve your kids in money-making decisions, sit down with them and talk to them about it, and talk positively. You know, they can have whatever they want. Money is, is not the root of all evil. I mean, just make sure that they have a positive mindset when it comes to money. I mean, I grew up with a negative mindset. It took me years to change that. Well, you've changed it in a big way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, you, now you do it for a living. Um, what's, a, what's another um, um, mistake a woman makes? So not starting early enough, not you know, educating their family about money and, and, you know, and it is important. I, you know, I like that, that statement about making the kids understand so they don't think you're like a Pez dispenser and just like they, they don't know where the money comes from. Correct. And then they just think like it just happens and then they don't understand when they get out in the real world you have to earn the money, like it doesn't magically happen. Yeah, teaching your you kids know. to budget is huge. Yeah, oh, oh, the thing you mentioned before, um, I would count this as a mistake, not having a budget. You mentioned you need to live within your budget. How does that fit with today's mentality where people are just buying all sorts of stuff, people live on credit cards and plastic, you know, they see other people have it so they can, they want to go emulate it and nobody knows that they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're all like maxed out on their cards. That concept of living within a budget, how does that, talk a little bit more about that. To me, that's so important. And it I don't, do people do that? Yeah. I, have a, I have a, they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some people, people okay. that have no debt. <laughs> <laughs> I 
um, because they live within their means. Yeah. So there's a couple different things that you have to think about when you're creating your budget. Is first you want to pay yourself first. Do you know what that term means? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, just so that maybe somebody else doesn't know, is yeah. that you're going to want to paying yourself first is making sure that you're taking care of building your emergency savings, saving for retirement or whatever your, your savings goals are, mm -hmm. and then you use the rest of the money to run your household and your travel or whatever. And so let's say you have, we'll just make up numbers here because I'm going to do some easy math for myself. But let's say you have $5,000 a month coming in. You know, your budget at the end should be zero because every bit of that $5,000 should be allocated towards something. And if it's not zero, if it's negative, you don't have enough money, now you have to go in and cut. It's not like, oh, I don't have enough money, so I'm going to go use my credit card. <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense because now you've got debt. debt yeah. You know, now how are you going to get out of debt? You know, you just have to work through things. And there are people out there, there's budgeting experts, there's, you know, t you know, I can help someone build a budget. There's, you just have to do it. And there's software or apps and there's all kinds of things out there to help you budget. But if you don't do that, you're never going to get ahead. I'll never. tell you, one of the things, you know, thinking about what parents say to their kids, I grew up in a household where my dad did not believe in debt. He said, never have debt, never have debt. So I had debt once in my life. It was a one school loan, paid it off, and never did debt again. I just can't do it because it's so, it, that's how I was raised. That you was know your, what I mean? your dad taught you that, and yeah. your, that's your money but, mindset. But, but, you know, I didn't do a lot of other things in life because I, you know, I don't have, like, you, you know, I, yeah. I never had the money to do something all cash. So, you know what I mean? So I had to make different choices in my life. But I never, I never carried debt because I I found it so abhorrent to have a school loan. Um, it was just, I couldn't stand it. It was, it was awful. I would never do that again. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, but I mean, but it prevented, but there was a negative thing about mm -hmm. that too, because it prevented me from like buying a house and doing this and doing that because like, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't have that much cash sitting around to go buy things cash. So it, it changed the way I lived, but I never had that stress. And I have friends who are like up to their eyeballs and more in, in, in debt. They literally cannot get out of it. They literally have make just enough to make the loan payment to get. You know, it's just it's just so they this can get cycle out of, of doom. They have. I mean, it's just it's hard. <laughs> they can. They just have to have the desire. So if you think about it, I mean, right now, in if you go out and look, there are so many service jobs that are available. So, you know, if you if your goal was to get out of debt, then go get a part time job. I mean, you can do it, but the, here's the thing. You get out of debt, you can't go back into it. Mm -hmm. You gotta figure out yeah. why yeah. you got into debt in the first place. Yeah, and sometimes it really is circumstantial and people it can't be helped because something happens. And, medical. And I can, yeah, medical or just a family emergency or COVID and everybody losing their jobs. I mean, there's a million reasons why people did debt, but yeah, those messages we grow up with, they really go to our core and they mm -hmm. affect our behavior for the rest of life. Um, Unless you figure out how to change them. Yeah. Hypnosis is a great way. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what's, an, what's another mistake that you see um, people making when it comes to their finances? Well, if we're going to go back to women, mm -hmm. um, most women seem to be very conservative when it comes to investing. Mm. And we can't, uh, we need our money to keep pace with inflation and taxation. So we have to make sure that our investments are doing that for us. And you can't have your money in cash and expect it to grow. You need to take advantage of compounding and watching the interest be reinvested. And if you're going to sit in cash or something very conservative, 
you're going to need to save a lot more to get to your goals. So don't, I mean, don't be sitting on the cash, huh? but you need yeah. some, you oh, need yeah. some. And you probably have formulas that you would work with people to figure out how much cash they need as opposed to other things in, in their asset allocation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, so, you, so women are more conservative with that, huh? That's mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I can see like cash being, yeah, because it feels like it's so much easier to just get in and get out because you don't want to, I mean, there's tax consequences if you're going to invest the cash, right? If you pull well, it out. depending what time, I mean, like if you think about your 401k, like if a lot of us have 401ks available, you know, a lot of people don't even contribute to their 401k, you know, and a lot of times employers do the match. Mm -hmm. And so they're giving I, up free money. Yeah. Yeah. So there some people bypass that? They're not mm -hmm. even doing that? Because mm -hmm. they're, think about it, when you start a new job, mm -hmm. you sit down with HR, they give you this packet and they say, here's your 401k. And then you take it home and you read it and you're like, I don't understand this. So what do most people do when they don't understand something? They don't do anything. They don't do anything. Yeah. Not a good thing to be doing. All right. So um, when people, uh, when people want, you know, first of all, it's hard for people to even know about things like a financial planner. Not everybody knows about financial planners. Um, when you do come to know that there are financial planners out there, what kind of things should you do as an individual to get prepared to go see one? Or what are some things that would be ideal? I mean, obviously they make a connection with you, they call you, they talk to you. What types of things do you have people prepare or, uh, or do? Or is the, when they first come in, do, they just, do you just have a chat? Or how does it all kind of work? And I know other people's businesses could be different, but we'll just talk about you. So it really is just a chat the first time that they come in. So we want to see if we um, connect in some way. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't connect with a person that's going to be helping you with your goals and, and planning your dreams, then you're not, it's not somebody not that you should be working with. So you want to make sure that there's a good connection there that you both believe and have the same values. And then I, we start to talk about exactly that. What, what are your goals? What are your dreams? And you'd be surprised that some people don't know what that means. They haven't really thought about what their retirement looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, what is, does that mean we're going to, you know, pack up from Michigan and we're going to go to Florida? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go golfing every day or I'm going to play pickleball every day or I'm going to do all these things. You know, what does that look like? I always tell people, you know, grab your beverage of choice and go to a quiet space or if you're married, go with your spouse and kind of just close your eyes and envision what your goals and dreams are and write those down and then that's where we get started. You know, things that you would want to prepare is, you know, investment statements, you know, bringing in your budget so we can take a look at that. You know, if you have any debt, how we're going to, you know, want to look at that also. Do you have them like bring in tax forms and your just... Your tax return, just, pay stubs, yeah. life insurance, anything related to to money. Because you got to look at their whole picture. You Correct. need to know where all their money's going and do you have like forms that help them like plan all some of this stuff out and everything? So is I have a, doc a documents checklist that I send so it lists all the documents that you know I would like you to bring with, y with you. To the first meeting? Um, sometimes to the first meeting it depends on how we've had our first conversation mm -hmm. but you have to decide first if you're going to even work together mm -hmm. and that comes that comes in that initial meeting like um, you can bring it. Sometimes we pull it out. Sometimes we don't. Okay. 
And like when people are, um, and we'll circle back around for a few more questions, but when they're looking for somebody like you, like let's say it's some other person, what, do, what qualities should they be looking for in the financial planner? Well, I think when, it, when you get started looking for someone, you want to reach out to your family and friends to see who they're working with. Okay. And do they like them? You know, and what's their service model look like? And, and so like if I said, geez, Tatara, you know, who are you working with? And you'd say, oh, I love Paula. She's awesome. You know, you should come talk to her. Why? Why right. is she awesome? Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, she, you know, she's talking to me once a month. You know, she's, whenever I call her, she's always there to answer my questions, not just about my money, but maybe it's, you know, you know, Need do a I get a referral or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you want to make sure that the that you start with people that it recommended from family and friends, and then you want to go in there and you want to be able to ask them questions. And I think for a lot of women, you want to be able to know that you can be vulnerable in front of that person, so that that you can really unpackage your thoughts, and and they'll understand it. You don't want to work with that person that's condescending, and that happens a lot. And sometimes people are coming to you in bad situations, so they may shed a few tears even because maybe they're just divorced and they're like freaked out about the money and the, I mean, you probably see some pretty emotional events in your office oh, yeah. because it's hard, especially it if they're all alone and they don't know Yeah, what people do. going through a divorce or they just recently lost their spouse. Those are very, very difficult um, conversations to and have. And especially if things come to light. Um, People find out unfortunate financial surprises if a spouse dies sometimes, and mm -hmm. they find out we don't have the money he told me he did we had, or something happens. They or don't realize there's debt hanging out there because they weren't the ones put with their hands on the checkbook and stuff. Oh, like yeah. they there's don't know. There's huge surprises that yeah. happens also in divorce. You don't, mm -hmm. you really don't know. So I think the best advice I give, like I was talking to this young girl the other day, and she's like. Um, talking about her living situation and she lives with her boyfriend and they have um, two kids together just never married and she's like she said something to me I said well can you stand on your own and she goes what do you mean I said can you pay all of your bills on your own like you're not dependent on him and she's like no I said you have to be in a position that you can I'm not saying walk out of your relationship. Right, I'm not right. saying any of that. But you, a man or woman, you, you need to, to be able to stand on your own. And I think that's hugely important is that when you know that you're able to stand on your own, you're taking care of yourself first, you now have that financial freedom, that financial independence that knows no matter what, if he walks out the door or passes away or not in this situation, but get a divorce, I can stand on my own. And that's really important is being able to, to be know that you have that. And that's a really big and important question to be asking people. Um, yeah, that, that's, um, that's really, really important. Um, so if you could, um, so we, the initial meeting, you kind of see if you, you fit together and you have them do some paperwork and um, bring some things to you so you can kind of evaluate. How often do people meet with you or What's kind of a schedule to make sure things are staying on track? How, do, how does that happen? In the beginning, we meet quite often because okay. we're building a plan. Okay. But after that, you want to meet with your financial advisor, financial planner, at least once a year. Okay. And then you want to make sure that you're talking to them if there's some life event changes. So death, disability, 
you know, you're having a child, getting a divorce, um, changing jobs, those are some important times that you're going to want to um, come back. And I, with my clients, they call me for everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, should I get a home equity loan? Should I do that? Should I do that? <laughs> you know, should I buy my car? Should I lease my right, car? Because um, it's all financial. Well, even, even stuff like, hey, you know, we're thinking about remodeling, you know, the basement. What are your thoughts on that? How's that going to affect us? I mean, it's... Because nothing's inexpensive. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, because it can yeah. severely impact your cash. So, Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, so you want to, yeah. when you're working with someone, you want to know that you can call them and have those types of conversations with them. It's not just all about, you know, rates of return. Right. You know, it's, it's more about having that relationship with them. I mean, I think with, when working with my clients, it's, um, I'm not only their financial planner, I'm also their friend. And, and you're talking about something so intimate, which is your money. You better trust the person that you're working with. It's really important to have a good relationship. This is not the time to scrimp on, <laughs> on things because this is so personal. This is right. the most personal thing people share. I think what, you know? like, lots of times I'll hear people say, well, I don't want to leave my, yeah. um, the person I've been working with. I've been working with them for years. But, you know, they never call me. You know, if I do call them, it takes, it takes them a couple weeks to call me back and I'm like, weeks. I'm like, well, why are you working with them? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. my clients call me, I call them back within 24 hours and I'll even pick up the phone at nine o'clock at night, you know, if I'm not doing anything. I mean, that's not that everybody's like the, right, me, right. but you want that person to be responsive to your needs. Exactly, exactly. So um, these are this is really great information on helping people understand some of the mistakes, how, the, how it is like working with somebody like yourself kinds of paperwork they need. Um, for people that are not real savvy on keeping record keeping and things like that, do you kind of educate them and help them get that stuff rolling so they can set up systems at home? Do you help them with that, whether it's online and um, do you have, yes. actually, do you also have an online system? Do people like log into anything with you and keep mm -hmm. track of things that way so they can see like their stuff? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I used a, a software called eMoney, which mm -hmm. gives them access to all their investments. Oh, cool. Not just the investments that I handle for them. They can actually load their bank account, checking account. Oh, that's um, great. Credit cards, anything that they have, their 401ks at their employer. It actually has a vault where they can store their trust. Paula, uh, the, one of the last questions I'd like to ask you is, um, what kind of advice would you give people to help their children and help educate their children? Um, just a couple of pieces of advice about money so that you can kind of bring them up in the right way. Well, I think, you know, get them saving. Like, you know, if you think about, you know, you get birthday presents and maybe it's cash. You know, maybe you can invest, not invest, but save part of your cash and then spend the rest. Get them in the habit of saving. And then as their cash grows, you know, you can actually get them investing and in, in teaching them how that works. And if you think about allowances, mm -hmm. you know, you do the job, you get paid, you know, you're gonna now take some of that allowance and you're going to save it, and then you can spend the rest. Yeah, so really good advice for just helping kids understand money at an early age and keeping them in the in the in the flow of things. I think that's that's great advice. So we've come time to the end of our time. I'd like to ask you one last um, question, and it, it has to do with it can be from any perspective. But what advice would you give to entrepreneurs if you could just give one piece of advice to entrepreneurs? Hmm. Okay. So I think with entrepreneurs is to 
get help. You're just because you know how to, I'm just going to pick a business, just because you know how to landscape, let's just say, and that's your business, you don't understand, you need to get help with your books. You need to sit down and talk to an accountant or CPA, an attorney to make sure your business is set up correctly. Sit down with someone like myself so that you're looking to see as you're growing how to invest that money for your future. And I think a lot of time entrepreneurs don't reach out for help. And, and I don't think they put financial planner on the list and they need to because mm -hmm. that is a really important part. You can get the attorney, you can get the